Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. And I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, where we have uncut, honest conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Uh, today, we're sitting down to talk and record the episode a little bit earlier than we normally do. Mm-hmm. Hence, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Hope you Thanksgiving. had a great holiday. Yeah. So, we're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed here. We are. Um, and we're getting ready to dive into it. So, Cameron, why don't you kick us off? Well, you had sent me a reel. I did. Um, I send you a lot of reels. We send each other a lot of reels. <laughs> and you know what? Like, before we get into what we're actually going to talk about, I love the type of friendships where there's no pressure to respond to the reels that we send each other. Just communicate go. via reels. There you go. Just send them via... Because I have... I have like three friends. You're one of three friends that I communicate with on Instagram primarily through just sending reels to. Right. So, and there's no pressure. Nope. And I really like that. Yes. So you sent me a reel. I sent you a reel. And you actually like commented on it when you sent it. And then I commented back, which is rare. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And, um, this was a reel by, I think it was the Charismatic Calvinist. Maybe. I didn't even pay that much attention. I just saw it and I was like, we got to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Instagram handle. Um, you know, talking head type of guy. And his main thesis behind, or the main point that he was going to make is that um, gluttony and obesity is the biggest sin that Christians don't talk about. Yep. Um, and one of the like most empirically identifiable sins that a person can struggle with, but that you don't talk about. Right. So, um, and then he makes some assertions about, he, he brings in like the parable of the talents being an issue. Yeah, we'll we'll link the reel in the show notes here, but um, you know how about how you know the parable that Jesus taught the parable of the talents and about how what you have like what's Jesus going to say about the things that he's entrusted you to and how you treat them? Like, mm-hmm. Okay, well there's some context issues there, you know. Um, and then he says something akin to um, you know outside of your salvation, your physical body is the greatest gift that God has given to you. Um, which is interesting. I have some thoughts to say about that as well. Um, but I think despite the things that he actually says is the idea, uh, the general ideas around it. Mm-hmm. Um, one, some questions that I would want to talk about is one is obesity a sin. Well, in yeah. T- yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is obesity a sin? Yeah. Two. Um. Maybe some talks talk around the like so, the theology of the body. Mm-hmm. And three. What do we do with conversations like this, where mm-hmm. like portions of it, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I think I agree with that. But then, like, conclusions that are made off of false premises. Right. 
are they false conclusions? Mm-hmm. So if the argument, if he uses arguments that are out of context to get to a conclusion, does the conclusion remain the same? Yes. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's tackle it in that order then. Let's tackle the big question. Is obesity a sin? What was the second second part? Some theology of the body. Yeah, just talking about like the theology of the body, because like when he said, you know, your body is the greatest thing outside your salvation that the Lord has given to you. Okay, I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, and, and then like, can you make a true? Is the conclusion true if the premises upon which you make the conclusion are? out of context or false. Right. Yeah. And kind of, and I would addend to that maybe a little bit of medium is the message and the mm. tone mm-hmm. in which that is, right. That is not how I would talk to somebody. Right. But anyways, um, so yeah, is obesity a sin? I actually, I don't, I think gluttony is a sin. I don't know that obesity is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I think the one of the issues that I think perhaps in, in particularly in his application is that he's not making a distinction between the two. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess and if that's not immediately obvious to like like why I'm saying that Cameron, why do you agree with that statement? What's what what clarity is that bringing? Why? What? How is gluttony different than obesity? Uh, well, obesity, at least in modern day terms, is specific to a person's body, mm-hmm. their physical body. Yep. And there can there can be many reasons why a person is physically obese, right? Um, and not all of them are because they live a gluttonous lifestyle. Right. Gluttony, in a more general term, is, I guess I don't really, I'm not really sure how many people would describe it or even, I don't know that I've ever really theologically studied gluttony. Very little. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting topic, but I didn't get to do a big enough deep dive to be an expert on it. Right. And so... It would be, for me, like I would try to describe gluttony as the sin of excess. Yeah. Um, intentional excess. Right. Um, so, like, we can experience gluttony as a, almost as a form of greed. Mm-hmm. So, gluttony financially. Yep. Um, um, or materially. Maybe mm-hmm. I should say not financially, but material. Yeah, gluttonous in a material sense, uh, but living a life of um, ungenerous excess. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like one of the I think the most visceral uh, examples to talk about gluttony, and one of the and you know it's often talked about with food. It's this is absolutely fascinating. This is going to be our Thanksgiving episode, Cameron. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. I did um, not think about it at all. Um, but, um, you know, the biblical context, at least the historical biblical context that I learned about gluttony was the, like, 
kind of the feasts that would happen in the ancient time during the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, where people would gather around for these like really extravagant, you know, um, banquets, and when they would sit down, and what they would do is they would eat until they're full. They would then go and purge. They'd go vomit up what they've eaten, and then they would come back to the table so that they could eat, eat more. more. Mm. Um, and so that's at least some of the background of some of the passages, particularly where Paul talks about uh, gluttony in the New Testament. And so, and that's a pretty, like, <clears throat> you know, uh, that's a pretty good picture of what gluttony is, you know, I mean, even though it's applied specifically to food and we can apply it elsewhere, it's this, like, it's this, because there's this almost, you're no longer trying to satisfy physical hunger, Mm -hmm. you're trying to satisfy, like, something deeper with something that will never be satisfied. Mm. And it's that, it's that ongoing excess that really i think pushes something into gluttony yeah you know i've seen some um some people describe it as one of the like lusts of the flesh mm-hmm. um and um and oh, i was doing just a quick I, I wanted to try and find a reference i didn't i don't have my actual bible down here so it was difficult for me but um you know, in Proverbs, that's not it. Um, Man, not having your actual Bible is like really throwing you off. It makes a, it makes a difference for me because yeah. I know where everything is in my actual Bible. But um, regardless, I you know I, I've heard the same I've heard the same types of explanations. I've heard the same like. Um, examples of living in excess mm-hmm. and living in a like a pattern or a state or a spirit of almost wastefulness yeah mm-hmm. um and maybe that is maybe that there's some of that in there too like because if you use the example that you eating like someone that will binge themselves on food and then purge and then go back and so they can go back and eat more right there is a there is a wastefulness there yeah as well there's like um <clears throat> you know a lot of really rich and famous people um there's like even a brand of um like youtube videos where the whole premise of the video and the reason why you would click on to watch the video is because you get to watch this YouTuber who's making way too much money for doing way too stupid of stuff. And they're just being wasteful. Like he's like, Oh, I've got this like, um, Ferrari. And I think I saw this video of this guy who was driving a Ferrari through a cornfield mm-hmm. and all the, the corn, like little remnants of the stalks and everything are get, being kicked up into the wheel. Mm-hmm. And it gets stuck up in his wheel hub and he lights this like Ferrari on fire because he was driving it through a cornfield and it just goes up in flames. And that's the whole stupid video. Um, Mr. Beast. I don't think it was Mr. Beast. Uh, I think it was somebody else. Mr. Beast isn't usually that wasteful. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert on Mr. Beast, but um, 
but like it but it's that type of youtuber it's like watch for the spectacle mm-hmm. and you know and you hear of like other people who are just like you know uh, ridiculously rich and wasteful like the whole oh the whole food trend of uh gold flaked food mm. have you seen that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from everything i understand it adds almost no taste value no my i mean yeah my wife has made a cake for someone with gold flake on it and so i know (laughs) (laughs) it it, it is it is for its extravagance yeah and like you eat with your eyes first sure um (laughs) you do but but therein lies there therein lies i think for me part of the part of the like maybe we're getting to something here Mm -hmm. what what the like, because I would want to, like, I'm thinking about, okay, well, how do we actually, like, get somewhere with this conversation? I'm like, okay, if someone were to come to me and they were like, how do I know if I'm obese and not sinful or if I'm um, a glutton and am sinful? Mm-hmm. What would be the, where, 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 what are some questions that I could ask myself? Where are, like, the delineating lines? Um, and understand, like, it's probably not that even that black and white no um but um you know if we think of if we if we're using eating or food or the physical body as the kind of case study to talk about gluttony then um i think the way in which we even talk about think about use food is um can be indicative mm-hmm. of whether or not our our practices around food or our our um, eating of food is um, is leading us into sinful lifestyle mm-hmm. or sinful habits or not. Um, you know, I, I've heard people say I've told my story a lot of times that mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm a um, I was addicted to alcohol. Um, and, you know, by God's grace, it never, it never escalated to the point of, you know, destroying my life or, um, you know, my, my public reputation or my, my, um, my family Mm -hmm. or my marriage or anything like that. But it was, I was like, I was, I was on that path. I could see it. I could see it coming down the line. And, um, you know, the, the question was like, well, why don't you just stop going to the bars? I'm like, well, the answer is I don't go to bars even when I do drink. Right. Right. It's not like. Drink- a lot, a lot, well, I mean, drunks do go to bars, but not all drunks go to bars. A lot of drunks actually don't, don't go to bars. Right. Yeah, I don't it's go part to. part of the problem. They drink by themselves. Yeah. It's so like, well, yeah, just staying out of bars is not my issue because I never drink in bars. Yeah. Um, and so. It became, it was more of a private thing for me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a different story altogether. Like the thing that you, and, and, and in, um, to take it further, I don't need alcohol to live. Mm-hmm. So if you take someone and say, well, the, someone who says, I'm obese and I'm addicted to food, mm-hmm. it is what I use as my, co- as a coping mechanism to get through life. Yep. Is the thing that I lean on? Is it? It is the thing that makes me feel better when I'm sad or depressed mm-hmm. or anxious or lonely or right. whatever. And you can't just say to them, "Well, just stop eating. 
just don't go to the grocery store anymore. Right. Right. Where, you know, like there's a, there's a difference over here where alcohol, I don't need alcohol to survive. Right. You, you actually get hydrated better if you don't drink it. Exactly. Right? Like, like your, your, your health significantly improves without it. Right. So if you like, say you, you have someone that struggles with obesity and maybe they're wondering if it's gluttony or not, mm-hmm. like, and they're saying, well, I don't want to be this way. Right. But I don't know how to not be this way. Right. Because I can't stop eating. Yeah. I have to, st- I have to keep eating. I have mm-hmm. to go grocery shopping. I have to do. Right. You know, I can't just stop going to the bars type yeah. of thing. Well, and then there's also like, there's something unique about, again, the distinction between gluttony and obesity is that it, it is possible that seasons of gluttony have gotten you t- to a place where you're experiencing some level of obesity. But you're not gluttonous. But you're not gluttonous anymore. Right. So, again, using the measure, again, like to critique the video a little bit, is there's that very specific, like, because he says, he's like, it's the most visible sin ever. You know, all you got to mm-hmm. do is look at somebody's body. And I'm like, well, that's not true, you know? Yeah. Um, but to even get to, uh, I don't know if this is the passage you were looking for, but this is Saul, Proverbs uh, 23. Yes. Um, verse 19 says this, uh, hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. Do not be, do, uh, be not among the drunkards or among mm-hmm. the gluttonous eaters of meat for the drunkards and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them in rags. Mm-hmm. And so this passage, you know, it's wisdom literature it draws the same parallel that you're drawing. There is some similarity to the way drunkenness and gluttony function. Excess. Excess. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, excess. Okay. So how how would we talk about this pastorally with someone? How would you talk about this pastorally? Well, I would, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to understand their story first. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's just like, just tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's your relationship with food like? Mm-hmm. Like, um, is it, you know, or what's your relationship with your body? Right? Like, I want to understand the story of like, of kind of like their history of it, where they're at, like what's going on, what they're telling themselves currently. Um, and kind of, you know, d- deal with a little bit of the place in which they find themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's, it's a really contextual, you know. Individual type it, of thing. Right. And someone, like, let, let's just, let's, let's assume I'm not talking to somebody who is like, you know, I think a conversation I was have if I were to have with somebody who's like very early on in their experience of gluttony, right? Like that would be a pretty straightforward conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be just like, Hey man, like you really shouldn't be doing this. Like it's like you're, you're beginning to develop like a unhealthy relationship with food. Like you really ought to not be doing this. This is what the Bible says about it. Mm -hmm. And because it's not an ingrained pattern Mm -hmm. and way of being, that's a pretty straightforward conversation. Um, they could go, oh, okay. And they could perhaps, you know, very easily begin to change their behavior with some intentionality. But if I'm talking with someone who has dealt with gluttony 
extensively mm-hmm. or a lot, they might be in a significant, they might have a longer road to kind of unpack or undo that. And that might involve um, really kind of breaking down and eliminating like shame, which is one of the things that that video doesn't do. The video is very kind of shameful, yes. full of shame, Yes, um, which if you're if you're dealing with gluttony as a coping mechanism, particularly to deal with hurtful or unhelpful or um, difficult emotions, right? You're you're likely to watch the video, feel shamed, feel negative emotions, and then run go eat go eat mm-hmm. because that's what you do with your with your emotions, and like you know, and simply to say like I've done that too. Well, like, who doesn't? Right. Who, who doesn't use food as somewhat of a coping mechanism? Right. Like, well, yeah, like I can't keep Oreos in the house, Cameron, because like, and you know, and I listen, know that, like the serving size for an Oreo is a sleeve. Is a sleeve. I know. I, <laughs> I it's I just, a sleeve. <laughs> you know, I you know, and but it was it, it. This is something I've you know had to become aware of in my and I, it developed really strongly when I was in um, in college. I would get like. This is a funny story. Um, kind of a, I was, I really, college was busy and stressful. And I was, there was this burger joint that was just like, had like the real thin shoestring fries. Mm-hmm. And they had a really good like bacon burger. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I really want a vanilla Coke, a bacon cheeseburger, fries, and gosh darn it, a milkshake. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it from that specific, like, and, you know, and I just had this very specific craving. I went and got it like DoorDash to my dorm room. And it was like, um, you know, there was like an event going on on the dorm floor. And I had like just some music playing. And like one of the guys came by as I was like digging into this hamburger. And he was like, and there was a song playing. And it was kind of like a romantic type song. And he was just like, Luke, I feel like I'm stepping in on like a really private moment here. Should I close the door? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, you know, I, I share that to be somewhat humorous, but also to share that, like, I, I get it. Like, we all, like, use food as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that we have to be, like, kind of aware of, right? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, running to gluttony as a way to soothe something inside of my soul rather than just fill my stomach? Yeah. Am I running to food? To do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But the way to stop doing that isn't to beat yourself up about it. No. You, you you ultimately, you come back to the gospel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, shame, shame never brings people into a healthier relationship with God. Mm-mm. And the Lord does not use shame to bring us closer to him. Yeah. Right. Shame is a tool of the enemy that drives us away from him that's puts a wedge between us and our creator. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was in the garden that the Lord covered the shame of Adam and Eve. Yes. Right. Um, with a sacrifice. Right. So atonement. Yeah. Atonement for sin. Um, so, okay, well, let's, let's try and take that conversation about um, either obesity or gluttony or however you want to say it. And like, talk about, its relationship to the body, yeah, our physical bodies. Um, because I think one of the main premises 
that he stands on mm-hmm. is that your body, your physical body, outside of salvation, is the greatest gift that God has given to you. Mm-hmm. So if you misuse it, and he 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 had some like anachronistic, you know, like data about how it's proven that people with higher fat content live, um, you know, live less than people who are, you know, in shape and, you know, lift weights and whatever. They live longer and they're healthier. Like, okay, really, like, no data. Yeah. It just says it, right? And it may or may not be true. I don't know. Right, 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 right. But. Well, and I got to say, before we, like, go fully into this context, if you're on, like, Christian social media, Christian Instagram, there is a whole Christian subculture of, like, like, Christian gym bros. Oh, yeah. Who are like, you know, like these really swole guys who are like pumping some iron. You're like, you think you're watching a workout video and next they're like Proverbs 23, you know, and like they, you know, there are whole lots of like, my body is a temple for God, flex in front of the mirror. Like, which like, I'm not hating on. No, I mean, like, I, (laughs) like, I've seen some cool videos. I'm in the gym four to five times a week. Right. So, but like, it's not, yeah, it is. It's a little overdone on Instagram. Sometimes. Yeah. There's it's a like, little overdone. Yeah. So there's a whole, there's an interesting co- subculture down there. Not all of it's bad. Some of it's kind of cool. Some of it's good. Some of it's very encouraging. Some of it is a little bit like cringe, vanity. Um, uh, <laughs> like, it's very cringe. Yeah. It's very so, cringe. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like that. So I, I think that's kind of the basis of his whole argument that obesity is or gluttony is a sin. I'm going to say obesity because we've already kind of made the distinction that the two are different. Right. Right. Um, but I think that's kind of one of his main points is that, hey, like you have a body, it's been given to you. It's a gift from God. Now, if you don't use it correctly, if you treat it improperly, if you're unhealthy, then you're kind of, um, you know, you're you're doing abuse to a gift of God. Right. Yes. Um, so I, I think it's important to talk about that because I think there's some, dis- I think there's a, not, not to get too esoteric about the conversation here, but I think there's a really, really Western, not, I don't mean like howdy cowboy Western. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like the Western world as opposed to the Eastern world. Yeah. Right. European world. Yeah. Um, there's a really Western way of thinking about the body um, that is um, a really that, that, that our, that our faith in God is either embodied or disembodied. And right now it's embodied, but someday it will be disembodied. Mm -hmm. Meaning like part of salvation is God's plan to rescue us from these horrible bodies that we have. Yeah. And he's given us a body just, just in as, the meantime. This is this is the thing I walk around in for now. Right. But it's just right. skin. It's it's just our it's right. our it's our spiritual skin. And then right. someday we're gonna be we're gonna be released from this body mm-hmm. and we're gonna live the true spiritual life that we were meant yeah. to live. There's also like a really utilitarian approach like this kind of sense of like you know what what does the body like its function mm-hmm. 
and like how I function in the body and like so this like what is it used for what is it you know all that so well yeah it, it goes to like it tries to communicate that I am not my body yeah who I am is not actually my body mm-hmm. it's not a part of my identity it's not a part of who God has made me to be right and I don't really believe that scripture really actually teaches that at all mm-hmm. or like implies that even yeah that God is going to rescue us from these sinful bodies. Um, well, God is going to resurrect this body mm-hmm. and what sin has done to the body. Yeah. God will resurrect and glorify. But like when we talk about, we, if we get really down into the theological weeds about the theology of our bodies, mm-hmm. the theology of our bodies as Christians is connected to the theology of Jesus' body. Yes. Right? We have been, Romans chapter six, we have been united with him in baptism. Mm-hmm. Or by faith, and through our baptism, we have been united with both the death of Jesus and, and the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so our resurrection will mirror the resurrection of Jesus. Well, when Jesus was resurrected back to new life, he wasn't resurrected in some like just some sort of spiritual state. Mm-hmm. He had a physical body. He could be touched. He could eat food. Right. Right. Um, and. I think that there is good reason to believe that the bo- his body in its resurrected state was different. Yes. There, was, there some, was continuity too. There, there was some glorification of that body. Mm-hmm. He was not recognized. Yeah. You know? They did eventually recognize him. They did eventually him. recognize him. Why? Well, because it was him. And they could tell it was him. Oh, yeah, Jesus, that's you. But it kind of looked different and I thought you were dead. Yeah. Right? And you still have a hole in your side. Exactly, right? <laughs> right. So the same body was resurrected. Mm-hmm. And so if our death and resurrection is connected or united with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I have to believe that it is that in in our eternal state. Mm-hmm. You know, the park bench in heaven you're going to recognize me and I'm going to recognize you. Right. Because the bodies in which God has given has given to us now is not something that he's like he he wasn't at the beginning of time he's like okay okay Luke sp- spirit Luke here's your skin that you're going to wear for um for while you're in heaven and um and uh, treat it good cuz it's a gift that I'm giving to you. And we'll 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 get you a new one someday, right? I mean, suppose yeah, I suppose you could think about it that way, but in reality, um, it is more like it's not. I, I think what I don't like about that whole part part right there is that it feels like um, he's making the argument that the body is only a gift you're given and not actually a part of who you are by yes. through God, right? Well, because we this, I've talked about this before, but we like to think of you know we have this very uh, oh, what is it called like not tritheism. Um, there's this way in which we divide ourselves up into three or four parts depending on how you decide to like overinterpret the Bible. Right? We're uh, usually a mind, body, and soul. Right, mm-hmm. and you draw a circle, and you put like a pie chart, and you're like, "I've got a mind, I've got a body, and I got a soul," and like these three parts kind of make me up. And the problem with that kind of imagery is that it puts a division between my body, between my soul, and between mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. And 
you say like, oh, well, like, um, you know, those are my three parts and they don't touch each other. They're parts yeah. of me. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, you, you know, I take care of my body but that doesn't impact how I take care of my soul exactly, yeah. and how I take care of my soul doesn't impact how I take care of my mind when really the walls between those three either don't exist or way more permeable yep. than we imagine them to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we're way more holistic yeah. than, than that. Right. Mm. Uh, well, cause like imagine, you know, like, well, you and I both know what it's like when we don't get sleep. Or we don't get food. Or we don't get food. We become hangry. I become very unsanctified if I don't yeah. have food. Like, it is it is laughable how many of my bad moods are caused by just lack of food at mm-hmm. the current moment. And mm-hmm. I'm all of a sudden like, wow, I was being a bit of a jerk. And yep. really, I just need to sit down and eat like a granola bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's like that that's one image or idea or showing how the body is connected to the soul is connected to the mind and connected Mm -hmm. to all of the different stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I don't think it's helpful to think about like the body as a thing that my soul possesses. Right. It's part of who I am. Yeah. And so he, he uses in the video an example from scripture Yes. And he says, this is how this, I prove, I'm going to prove this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the parable of the talents, Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 25, yes. 24, something like that. Um, and the parable of the talents essentially goes like God gives, um, you know, three different people money, mm-hmm. right? Asks them to go out and use it, right? And one of them goes back and multiplies it by 10. And one of them goes and multiplies it by five. And the other is like, I am afraid of my master. And so I, I bury what he gave it. And I, and I, and there's, I have no return on my investment. Right. And, and those servants, they bring back the, the, the money that they've used plus what they've, or that they were entrusted with, plus what they've reproduced it into being. And the master is pleased with the one who has um, reproduced it by 10, pleased with the one who has reproduced it by five, and angry with the one who did nothing with it. Right, except got it dirty. Except got it dirty. And so if you take what God has given you and you mistreat it or don't use it in the way that he wants you to use it, then there's anger associated with that. Right. Right, there's judgment associated with that. Generally, okay, like at a very, at a super, super base level, mm-hmm. yes. Right. All right. But what's the context here? Is Jesus talking about like everything that God gives an individual person, mm-hmm. they must use in a way in which is pleasing to him? Right. Is that the context of the parable of the talents? No. No. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. Right? Jesus is speaking to the Jews. Yep. Speaking to the Jewish religious leaders mm-hmm. who have been entrusted with the law and the prophets, which testify to him, the Messiah of the world, right. right? They've been entrusted with the message that can save the world. Yes. Right. And instead of using it to build the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. they are suppressing it and burying it, mm-hmm. right? And God's judgment will be upon them right. because of it. So that's the direct, immediate, original meaning of the text. Right. If we were to apply it to ourselves, the most direct application is 
what do we do with the gospel that we've been entrusted with? What do we do with the gospel? That's the most direct application. You can draw it out to say, like, okay, well, what else has God entrusted me with, and how should I steward that well? But the unfortunate thing that I think his very wooden application of of that passage leads you to is you could make the very clear application that the more swole you are, (laughs) the more holier holier you are. are. Because mm-hmm. you've gotten a greater return on your investment, and yeah. I, you might fall into gluttonous excess of muscle. Yeah, I was just but, like, uh, <laughs> I, I was just like, I, yeah, there's definitely an excess of muscle out there. Um, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't think that's true. I don't think that just because someone is like more, I don't think just because Arnold is. Thicker mm-hmm. means that he's holier. Like it's not right. a no. There's not something godly about that necessarily. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Um. Okay. So. Are we on to our third part? I think so. Yeah. Like if he's if he, like say he uses the parable of the talents to make his point. Right. Does the point remain even if the um, premise that he makes it on? is false or and like is it is the conclusion the same even if the argument is bad yeah well i think one of the things like this is interesting to talk about this has perhaps become a bad example to even think about that with because we've mostly dismantled what he said um Mm -hmm. because we're like well like He's saying that obesity is a sin. We're like, no, not necessarily. There's a good, there's a lot of reasons why someone may be obese, and not all of those are connected to the sin of gluttony. Um, you know, so ultimately, in his case, like his point doesn't stand because it ultimately it almost lacks, in my opinion, it lacks enough nuance to be incorrect. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're probably because we don't agree with it. We're I think if pressed on the issue, he would say, well, yeah, gluttony is the sin. Obesity is the sin, is the, what we actually see. Right. Right. Yeah, like, but, yeah I'm sure, again, what, yeah, so, mm-hmm. which I want to talk about that a little bit. But, um, like, the philosophical question of, does someone's premise, or if someone's logic is bad and someone's argument is bad, does that invalidate their conclusion? And the answer is no, right? Because, like, I've learned, like, you know, like logic. So like a logical fallacy is the slippery slope fallacy. Um, saying that if, well, if you do this one thing, that's going to lead to this next thing, which will lead to this next thing, which will lead to this awful conclusion. Mm-hmm. Now that's a logical fallacy. If you're having a logical, uh, rhetorical, uh, philosophical argument, someone will call you out on that saying, uh, a does not necessarily equal B. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of, a it's kind of a, you know, a philosoph- like if we were to talk about like the argument to of gateway drugs, right? Mm. Like say, mm. oh, well, if you start uh, vaping or something like that, and then that's going to lead you to do this, and that's going to lead you to do that, it's going to lead you to do this, and you're going to end up with this awful conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, experientially, we know that to be true sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is not a default true. Mm-hmm. A does not always necessarily right. equal B. And so that's a logical fallacy. Right. Correlation so you, and causation. Correlation, causation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just because the argument that I've made uh, is wrong doesn't mean that the conclusion I've ended up at is necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, like even like another, uh, an interesting example of this would be Paul when Paul's in jail and people are telling him, Paul, there's like people out here preaching the gospel, but they're kind of like, uh, talking trash about you while they're preaching the gospel. And they seem to be doing it mostly just cause they want like to be on like the cool train. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, it doesn't matter whether or not they're preaching the gospel for good th- reasons or, reasons or sinful true. gain, yeah. as long as they're still preaching the gospel, the conclusion's correct. Yep. Um, so that's my answer to the mm-hmm. question a little bit, but I don't think that that's an excuse for poor reasoning and argumentation. No, no. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm close to that. I'm close to that reasoning. Like, but that, that reasoning really only holds water for me when I end up agreeing with the conclusion. Yeah. You know, if I if I disagree with the conclusion, then I'm going to say, well, yeah, all the way back into your premises are wrong. Yeah. Also. Um, so I think it has to be a case by case basis. But sometimes I think we try to oh, we could try to over explain. Uh, or over nuance our conclusions. Mm-hmm. And in the over nuancing or over explaining, we actually create a false premise upon which our conclusion is built. Yeah. Sometimes it's just better to con- to state the the conclusion. The conclusion. Right. Like it would have been interesting if he had just read some scripture that mentioned gluttony. That would be all he would need to do and then be able to say, here's what we believe gluttony is. Here's how it can be connected to obesity or lusts or sins of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But gluttony can also be a sin of the mind, a sin of the spirit, right? A sin of the flesh. Um, And so, yeah, I don't, I, I'm going to agree with his conclusion that gluttony, yeah, gluttony is a sin. I don't think there's no other way to, there's no other conclusion to get to. Granting, granting that that's what he actually means. Granted, that's what he actually means. If that's what, not what he actually means. If he means obesity is universally a sin, I do not agree with that. If he means gluttony is a sin, well, yeah, I would have to just flat out say the Bible is incorrect in that. I'm not going to say that. I don't yeah. believe that um, because I do believe the sin of gluttony is indeed a sin, mm-hmm. um, the sin of excess. But I also don't believe that it's um, uh, only associated with obesity. Right. I want to talk a little bit about um, – I have had a friend who was constantly coming up to me and he was just like, he was an interesting cat, but he was just always, you know, way up in the clouds thinking about stuff. But he was just like, the medium is the message. The thing he said to me over and over and over again. And as we talk about this video, that's just constantly what's in my mind is the medium through which this guy's communicating his idea has impacted the message that he's ultimately delivered. Because, like, so, like, short-form video, right? You're scrolling on Instagram. Why do you stop, or TikTok, or YouTube, whatever, why do you stop to watch a video? Because it catches your attention. Yeah. Right? Like, if you swipe to a video, and it's, like, a empty wall with paint drying, you're going to... So you're going to move mm-hmm. to the next video. Mm-hmm. You you want to be caught. You want we stop and watch a video because of what catches our attention. Now, the unfortunate thing is that it's probably a lot of people and like churches and 
Like, I know that, like, even maybe we've been guilty of making content that's got really good ideas in them, really helpful content. But you have to be patient enough to sit down and watch it or listen to it or, like, get into it. It doesn't always have a, like, ooh, cool hook yeah. that will get someone to stop and watch it. Mm-hmm. And the temptation, right, this is where clickbait comes in, right? You see the thumbnail or the headline of an article. Oh, my gosh, five things you're eating right now that are going to end your life tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this one thing will, you know, save mm-hmm. you from a life of ruin or whatever. And you're like, oh, I need to know. And you click on it and you find out it's like, oh, well, it's not the headline didn't lead up to uh, what it actually was or the thumbnail or. Um, and so it's possible that in him trying to make content that is easily engaged with, likable, shareable in like the internet world, in Instagram for his his instance, that he's shaping and forming his content in such a way that is transforming it. You know, like we just said, like, what if he had just read scripture verses? Well, chances are we wouldn't have seen it because nobody would really would have watched that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. Um, you know, I wonder if your friend who uses that phrase a lot, or you, I've I've heard you use it a lot. So, mm-hmm. if we could say that the medium dictates the effectiveness of the message, mm. rather than the medium is the message. Because mm-hmm. for me, it kind of feels like the medium is the false premises. Mm-hmm. He makes false premise, mm-hmm. but the conclusion is generally ends up being okay. Yeah. Right? So the my feeling there, my thought there is he may act, he he does himself a disservice with the effectiveness of the conclusion mm-hmm. because of the medium or the way in which he uses the argument. Yeah the spirit in which he shows up in the argument mm-hmm. or whatever. So it doesn't change the conclusion. The conclusion remains the same. It does add a conclusion. Which is what? That his, his the way in which, because like he goes on to like this really, like this mm, pretty guilt and heavy laden like example of like, well, like you should feel bad for all the disabled people that don't have a body that mm-hmm. they can ruin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the general way in which he approaches the topic is indicating, like, oh, that's an okay way to talk about this topic and okay. a way to treat people. Like I should, yeah. I should, like actually, I actually know someone who I would avoid having this conversation with because he gets irrationally angry mm. and mean and derisive of people who are obese Mm -hmm. um and i'm like that is not an okay way to talk about or to anyone Mm -hmm. like no matter how much you think it's their fault and like all of that um and you know so like there is like something that unintentionally right like we could say that his clear objective objective message is to raise an awareness about sin but because of the way in which he's 
he's uh, communicated it, the medium, mm -hmm. there is a message attached to that, that, oh, it's okay to say that. It's okay to interpret that mm -hmm. Bible passage that way, a way to treat people this way, and so forth. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. I can get behind that, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. So what did we determine today? Uh, that... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we did determine anything. No, we didn't determine anything. Other than there, I think that um, we would have, we prefer, I mean, I mean, a more pastoral approach to what is a sensitive and nuanced issue when it comes to, like, it's not, a, the sin of gluttony is not a nuanced issue, mm -hmm. but obesity is. A more nuanced issue mm -hmm. that is not always firmly rooted in a scripture and verse. Right. And sometimes we need to take a holistic approach to things. Yes. It's not just simply stop doing that. Right. Because like, like we've been reading in Romans, the law mm -hmm. tends to have a way of increasing sin. Yeah. Right. And so if we just simply say, well, the Bible says that's wrong, mm -hmm. we're giving someone the law... That does not always produce righteousness. Often right. it produces the opposite. Right, right. And as sin increases because of the law, mm -hmm. like the grace of God, how much more? We read that in Paul for yes. like, you know, like three different times in chapter four. How much more then? How much more then? How much more is the grace of God than yeah. the power of sin? Right. So there's grace in it for sure. Yeah. And so. we, hope, we hope that our conversation today was graceful. Yes. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I always come back. Here's the thing that I, it, it, this is a thing that bothers me. Um, and it's a conversation or it's a thing that I've said to maybe a handful of people over the last few years who have come at me for various <laughs> reasons. Don't come at Cameron. Don't come at me, Don't bro. come at him. <laughs> Just going to warn all yeah. of you. <laughs> we'll come at me to say things like, um, you know, you're judgmental of me because I heard you say that you think X is sinful mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Right. And my response, like, has Cameron Leinhart ever treated someone poorly and judgmentally? Yes. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Right. And I need to repent of those things mm -hmm. in those times. And I need to seek their forgiveness. Right. I need to ask the Lord to help me be more like Christ in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll just use the example from today. You may be a person who struggles with obesity, mm -hmm. and you might hear us talking about gluttony as a sin, mm -hmm. and might feel inclined to say something like, you are, have been judgmental of me, right. and have treated me like you're treating me poorly because of what you said. Mm -hmm. And my question to them, usually in a situation like that, is, okay... We've had significant interaction in life before, right? Like I've mm -hmm. been your pastor for a long time, right. or I've been your friend for a long time, or we see each other often, mm -hmm. right? 
have I ever treated you without dignity, respect, mm-hmm. honor, and love? Right. And I mean, sometimes the answer is yes, and we have to have a conversation about that, right? Yeah. Like, but I, I, I endeavor to live my life in the treatment of others as I would like to be treated. Yeah. Right. Despite what I may believe or think about their lifestyle, because their sin is not my issue. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem yep. any more than my sin is theirs. Yep. Um, and so it, it annoys me when people are like, Oh, you hold this stance on that issue. You mm-hmm. must be so mean to all those people. Actually, I'm, really not mean to anyone. Yeah. Or at least I try not to be mean to anyone. I try to be gentle and kind and patient. Sometimes so much so that it gets me in trouble with pharisaical Christians who want me to be meaner to people in their sins. So it's like, I can't freaking win for losing here. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, But I would rather err on the side of being too gentle and patient and kind right. with people who are sinning than being too harsh mm-hmm. and misrepresenting the grace offered to them in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Every context or every conversation has its context, mm-hmm. right? You know, if we were having a conversation with someone and not just with each other and about like a broad mm-hmm. range of topics, it would flavor it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's why we we because we did we did include like what is a pastoral response to try yeah. and bring ourselves to articulate a little bit of um, a contextualized, fleshed out, incarnational. Um, like mm-hmm. how many how many buzzwords can I stick in? Um, like way of talking about it, and not mm-hmm. just up here mm-hmm. pie in the sky. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We truly, 100% serious, did not put this episode closest to Thanksgiving. We really, like, it just happened to be. It just happened that way. It was what we decided to talk about right before we turned on the mics. Uh Uh, So, But we hope you, uh, at least the conversation was helpful for you in some way. If you have comments or questions, you can always drop them in, in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. Or if you would like to ask us a question, that you, maybe you want us to you want to hear us talk about on the podcast you can text that in to 716-201-0507 and um, as always if you wouldn't mind liking sharing subscribing sending this to your friends um, commenting wherever you are that would be a great help for us mm-hmm. we're our subscriber numbers have jumped pretty significantly in the last yep. month or so almost doubled in the last month yep. i'd love to hit 100 by the new year oh that'd be fun 100 subscribers by the mm-hmm. new year how about this if we hit 100 subscribers what are we going to do, Cam? I don't know. I was going to say, let's we'll put up a merch store, but who the heck wants a merch store for a podcast that no one listens to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll make like a limited edition amount of hats or yes, something. Yes, or coffee mugs or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, no one wants that. No one cares. All right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.